Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Great, thank you very much, Tim. And um, yeah, it's great to, oh, well, I would say it's great to see everybody. It's been a while since we've been at a, a Gorton site. So I was excited when Tim, Tim asked. But um, what I'll say instead is it's good to see a list of all of your names on the attendance and think, hey, I know that person. And um, yeah, it would be great to, to catch up at some point soon in person uh, as well when situations allow. Uh, I want to start this morning by uh, asking you to imagine that you're in the film Aladdin. Uh, you've possibly seen the new one or the old Disney version of it or at least know the story but if you don't the protagonist of the story Aladdin he finds this magic lamp and from this magic lamp a, a genie appears to him and uh, in the film I remember it's like a big blue thing uh, voiced by Robin Williams but the genie offers him three wishes so he can have whatever he wants and there's a few ground rules like he can't wish for more wishes or anything like that but he can basically have anything he wants from this genie. Uh, if you had that choice, I wonder what you'd pick. I wonder if you could uh, have anything, what would it be? Would it be money? Would it be power? Would it be a certain job? Would it be uh, a certain relationship? Would it be opportunity to travel? Uh, it could be anything, and I'm sure there are different things that come to mind, maybe some of them uh, more selfish, some more uh, world peace kind of oriented. There's a moment in the Bible uh, when someone gets a very similar choice and that's King Solomon in the Old Testament. So he's just become king. Uh, his father David had reigned before him and had had a really good reign uh, in general. So he'd built up the land and the kingdom and it had become a time of prosperity and um, expanded borders and, and, and all that kind of thing. But then towards the later end of David's reign, things went downhill a bit. There was civil war. Some of his sons were getting um, antagonistic with him and with each other. Uh, and it was a time a bit more turbulent when Solomon came to reign. And Solomon's praying and God gives him uh, a choice and God says to him, Solomon, you can ask of me anything you want and I will give it to you. And, and the thing Solomon chooses is wisdom. He says, God, I want to be wise. I want to rule in a wise way. I want to make good decisions. I want to be discerning. I want to be understanding. And God's response to this is that he's delighted with the choice that Solomon has made. He's really, really happy that given the opportunity to have anything, Solomon has gone for wisdom. God says this is a good thing to desire. Uh, and Solomon has seen just how crucial this topic of wisdom would be for the role that he's got. Uh, I wonder if you've ever uh, thought about how important wisdom is for your life. As a pastor, as someone who spends a lot of time meeting up with people and working through situations and complexities in life, the thing that I've noticed is, is nine times out of ten, the things that we're talking about are decisions. And sometimes it's a decision that the person needs to make and they've had the foresight to want to talk about it before it's become a thing. It's like, should I do this or that? Or I've got this situation, I need to make a choice how to handle it. Other times it's decisions that have already been made. I decided to do this thing and now I see, hey, that wasn't a, a very good decision. Uh, can, can you help me figure out what to do with the consequences of it? A large proportion of the direction of our lives comes as a result of either the decisions that we make or the decisions that other people make that affect 
us. It's such a crucial thing. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, how to be wise, what it looks like to live a life of wisdom. Uh, we've started a series here at CCM Gorton uh, on the book of James, uh, and today we're carrying that on. And in, in James chapter 3, wisdom is the topic that James turns to. So uh, I'm going to read from uh, verse 13 to 18 of James 3. And as we read, we'll look at uh, where wisdom comes from. We'll, we'll see what wisdom actually looks like in life, and we'll see what the result of wisdom will be. So if you've got a Bible and you want to follow along, please do so. Uh, James 3 verse 13 to 18 says who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast and be false to the truth this is not the wisdom that comes down from above but it's earthly unspiritual demonic for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So the first thing that we said we would look at is where does wisdom come from? And in this passage, we're given two different answers because there are two types of wisdom that we can contrast with each other. So the first one uh, is talked about in verse 15 that says there's a wisdom that is earthly, unspiritual and demonic. And in verse 17, we're told that there is a wisdom from above. Now, the first of those, this wisdom that is earthly, is not at all what we're striving for. You can think of uh, ways of thinking, patterns of thought that are quite common in our society that a lot of people would hold that are not from God, that are not healthy. So you might think of um, a relative idea of truth, relativism, where uh, what's true for you might not be true for me. What's moral for you might not be moral for me. So we can't talk about what's actually real, what's actually true, how things actually are. You might think about hedonism, this idea of, hey, if something feels good, then, then do it. There can't be anything wrong with it, surely, if it feels good in the moment. And, and there are many other examples that I could give, but this is kind of like earthly wisdom, you could say. These are things that you never have like a lesson on at school. So it's not like, hey, today we're going to learn about hedonism. And yet somehow it, it's taught, it's caught, it's passed on. And it becomes a, a prevailing view uh, that is seen as wise and right by many people. And it kind of catches on. And it becomes a perceived wisdom. And Paul says wisdom like this is earthly. He calls it unspiritual. And he even uses the word demonic because that's the effect it's doing the devil's work it's drawing people away from god and away from his ways but there's another wisdom uh, and paul talks about it the wisdom that is from above there's a supernatural wisdom that is given by god this is the solomon one that we talked about earlier he asked god and god gave it to him it was God that made Solomon wise. It's not just that uh, he did a course, that he read a book, that he learned a lot of things on his own. It's a wisdom given by God. And you might be thinking, well, that's all right for Solomon. He was the king. He's unique. He's uh, one of the characters in the Bible story. But what about for little old me? What about for me and you? How do we get wisdom? And actually, it's exactly the same as it was for Solomon, for us. We can ask God and he will give it to us. 
In fact, James has already said this. You've probably seen this earlier in this letter, in chapter 1, verse 5, where he writes, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. If you lack wisdom, ask God for it. Take time to ask God for the wisdom that you need for the circumstances of your life. I wonder, do you do this? You know, I've noticed that sometimes uh, for many of us, there can be a bit of a separation between the things we're struggling with and the things we pray for. So in our mind, there's worries like, hey, I've got this decision to make. I've got this uh, circumstance. I've got this problem, this obstacle. I don't know what to do with it. And yet when we get into our prayer times, they become a bit cliched, a bit um, kind of reciting uh, certain things, which is not bad to kind of have uh, repetitive themes in prayer. But we never quite get to the point sometimes of bringing to God, hey, God, I'm really struggling with this. God, I don't know what to do about that. God, show me. God, give me wisdom. God, help me with this particular circumstance. Make sure you bring the situations and circumstances that you need wisdom for to God when you pray. Ask him for wisdom. He will give it to you. And he does it in different ways. So sometimes he might, uh, in the time you're praying, give you a very specific answer. I remember a few years ago, um, uh, it was when we had like a newborn baby in the house and work was tough and kind of life as a family was just um, pretty stretched, pretty full on. And we were, we were getting overwhelmed a bit. And, um, you know, I went out for a prayer walk and just was spending time with God and saying, God, what do I do? This is, this is hard. I'm not quite sure what the right thing to do is. And I heard God speaking to me and uh, he said, Tom, do the washing up. And, and it's such a, a little thing that it's not what you'd expect as, like, oh, God spoke. And he said, do the washing up but I was pretty sure it was God speaking to me so so I did I went home and I did the washing up uh, and what that did is it just kind of relieved a little uh, piece just one kind of microcosm of the overwhelm it was a thing that had sat there and not done now it was done and I could talk to Emma about it as well that hey I've God said this and I've done it. it was an encouragement to us that God was just kind of detail by detail just helping lift something and I've just felt that sense actually ever since that that's a job that God gave me to do so it's my job now so whenever it needs to do it it's me that does it but other times it might not be that you hear a specific thing like this is the thing to do this is the answer sometimes you pray for wisdom and it's like God guides you through the situation. So uh, I had a, a time fairly recently where something came up uh, that, that was pretty complicated, a, a difficult thing, and I felt a little bit out of my depth. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say to the people who were involved in it to, uh, to help them and to, and to guide them. And um, I prayed, God, give me wisdom in this. And, uh, and what I found is that um, there wasn't like a, a moment that I was like, oh, right, I'll, I'll go and I'll say this. But, but as I was having conversations and as I was talking to the people involved, I felt like uh, I was just saying the right things and was led down the right path. And then uh, a little while after that conversation, one of the people said to me, uh, Tom, the things you said, they really, really uh, made a difference and they really helped. And uh, that was just a, a confirmation and encouragement that that prayer, God, give me wisdom. He'd answered it uh, and helped me wisely uh, navigate that circumstance. The wisdom that we are seeking is wisdom from above. It comes from God. So I would encourage you to get in the habit of asking God for wisdom. Do it in the moment as a, a situation comes up. And also do it day by day in your quiet times, telling God about the things going on and asking for his wisdom and his guidance.
what to do. So that's where wisdom comes from. Secondly, let's have a look uh, at what wisdom actually looks like as we live it out. Because I think uh, in the movies and the stories, uh, we can think of the wise person as like the hermit in a cave who people trek to him so he can solve a riddle for them. Uh, and maybe in Christianity, we have our equivalent of that as well. Um, in, in my early days as a Christian, I, I loved books. There was a, a secondhand Christian bookshop near where I lived. I was in that all the time. I was buying loads of books. I was uh, devouring them. And I read a lot in my first two years as a Christian. And I learned doctrine. And I read through the Bible loads of times. And my knowledge was pretty high. And I've got in my head, hey, I'm a wise Christian. I'm a mature Christian. Whereas at the same time, my, my spiritual practices with God, my relationship with other people, fighting sin in my own life, hadn't gone at the same pace. So I thought I had a wisdom, and I really didn't. I'd, I'd mixed up wisdom and just learning a lot of stuff. And learning is good, but that's not the heart of wisdom. What wisdom is, is described again in these verses. And that's why I started this morning, uh, by linking it to the decisions that we make. Because wisdom, rightly applied, it shows itself in our decisions. And again, there's a contrast between the two types of wisdom. There's the earthly wisdom, which Paul says shows itself in verse 16 with jealousy and selfish ambition. So jealousy is like a resentment of what other people have. I want that for myself. And selfish ambition is a desire for prestige, for honour, uh, for, for position, uh, for yourself. You want to be well thought of. If what's fueling the decisions that you make is where you are on a pecking order, then you're sabotaging yourself. That isn't true wisdom. I once had a colleague who was just like that. Everything he did uh, was designed to push others down, to make himself look. But he was like a character from The Office, uh, essentially, with him. Uh, just kind of that thing driving him. He was a nightmare to work with. Everyone in our office knew it. The bosses knew it. Uh, he was the only one who didn't see it. But the wisdom from above is a whole different kind of thing. And we find the answer in verse 17 to what this looks like. Paul gives us uh, several words that describe it. And the first one is pure. Wisdom from above is pure. And the word pure literally means free from contamination. Real wisdom has an ethical component to it. If something's a bit shady, no matter how clever it might be, then it isn't wisdom. So imagine like a colleague at work uh, has this idea how to bend some rules to get ahead and, uh, and make a bit of money. Uh, and it's really ingenious. And um, there's a lot of um, kind of maneuvering and complex parts and they've cleverly thought it all through. That's still not wisdom. It's still not wisdom. It's shady. It's breaking the rules. Wisdom has a high bar of purity of character and of holiness to it. Second word that uh, he gives us is peaceable. So if purity is like the moral component in a Godward direction, peaceable is about how it relates to other people. If you're someone who's always looking to stir up conflict and pick a fight, that's not a trait of godly wisdom. But that's not to say there's never a place for, for disagreement, but even in the way you bring about a disagreement, you can be peaceable or you can uh, try and stir the pot. Jesus said, blessed be the peacemakers. Wisdom from above is also gentle. Uh, one of the times you see a lack of wisdom or an immaturity uh, in people is, is when they want to do the right thing, and yet the way they go about it is, is two-footed. They, they put other people's noses out 
of joint and they do some real damage. Wisdom isn't just about what you do, it's also about how you do it. And gentleness is key. Taking that a winsome approach that really cares for others, that's tender with people around you. Next, he says, wisdom is open to reason. You know, I wonder um, if, you've, if you've ever been in a situation where you've got so set in your ways, you just can't hear anybody else's point of view. A lot of us do it, particularly when we're kind of strong-minded about something. It's easy uh, to, to get so set. But are you able to shift and listen and take things on board? I remember when uh, I moved up to, to Manchester, it was nine years ago now. I've been here uh, quite a while. But I came from, uh, from London and uh, came and joined in with CCM. I'd been part of a different church before that. Uh, and in that moment, I, I had a choice to make. Because my church down in London had done certain things uh, in one way, and then uh, you come to a new church, and there's always going to be things that are a little bit different to what you're used to, and that was my experience as well. But in that, I, I then have to either say, no, I'm going to double down on what I already know, on the things I've learned before. I'm going to insist that this is the way, and I'm just going to be a, a bit of a pain by trying to push through and, uh, and get everyone into the mold that I'm used to. Or do I sit and listen and learn and come to an understanding of why things are done around here the way they are? That's a choice that many of us have to make as we move to, uh, as we join a church, as we uh, go to a new job, as we get to know new people. Uh, this is often a thing that we need to wrestle with. And uh, I've seen people get pretty stuck on this sometimes. A good diagnostic question to ask yourself about this is, it's just this. When was the last time you changed your mind about something important? Because if you can't think of an example of a time that I used to think this and I was persuaded and I was talked around and I see things differently now, that might show you that you're not open to reason. The next thing he says is uh, wisdom is full of mercy and good fruits. Now, mercy is a reflection of God's heart. It's, it's showing love to those who are in need. Someone who's helpless is pouring out love on them. There are many ways we could apply this. Uh, one really pertinent one at the moment is, is the Give Big offering that you've heard about last week. You'll be hearing uh, more about later. But as we're seeing these situations in the developing world, people starving, we're called upon as God's people to show mercy. And there's a wisdom in doing all we can to show mercy to those people right now. Wisdom is impartial as well. This comes back to a theme from earlier in James. It's about not having different standards for people based on whether or not you like them or how, how they dress or what their nationality is or what their gender is or anything like that. It's treating people equally and fairly and dealing with each situation on its own merits. And finally, he says that wisdom is sincere. It's about being straightforward, not underhanded. It's about saying what you mean. It's about doing what you say. Sometimes you come across people who are different people in different spheres of their life. When they're with their friends, they're different to when they're at church, and they're different again when they're with their work colleagues. And maybe that's some of us. And yet James says there's a sincerity to wisdom, being who you are, just simply living the life God has called you to live in every sphere of life. I wonder, uh, as you hear about these characteristics, as you see these verses, I wonder who you can think of that you know in your life who you would say is truly wise. I wonder how much of this you can see in your own life. This is what we're called to as we're given this wisdom 
from above. As we live this life as disciples, we're called to a life of wisdom. And the result of it, we're told in verse 18, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Here's the point. Making wise choices isn't just the right thing to do, and it is the right thing to do, but it also brings about good results. It brings about a harvest of righteousness. That's what we all want, isn't it? Uh, I love that picture of a harvest. Um, when I was growing up, my auntie had a little farm and she would grow potatoes on it. Uh, and at the time that um, the potatoes needed picking, like the harvest time for potatoes, there were so many that she couldn't manage to do it herself. And nor could uh, her and her partner do it themselves. But all of the family, the extended family, were called upon to go and help. As a kid, I remember being up there playing, kind of the barbecue on and uh, like toy cars and stuff uh, around. But my mum my and dad and extended relatives would all be in the field picking these potatoes. There were so many that loads of people needed to come to gather it in. And, and here, this uh, image of a harvest is being used for righteousness. There'll be an abundance of righteousness come as we as the people of God can learn to make wise choices. That's what we all want, isn't it? That's what comes about as we pursue this wisdom from above. I'm going to pray and then hopefully Tim's going to jump back in and take us on from here. Lord, you said if we like wisdom, we should ask you. Well, Lord, here we are asking. Please would you give us your wisdom. As your people here at CCM Gorton, make us a wise people. Help us make decisions that honour you, that reflect your, your heart and your wisdom from above. In Jesus' name. Amen.